Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the ShuttlePod podcast. This is ShuttlePod number 84. Um, I am your host, Kaylee Yacovino, and I am joined by my good friends, Matt Wright. Hey, guys. And Brian Drew. Hello, everybody. Uh, Today is August 5th, 2020, um, and we're very excited to talk to you today about something that you've hopefully seen already, which is the first episode of Lower Decks, the newest Star Trek series on television. So whenever there's new Star Trek content, obviously very exciting. Um, Before we get into talking about a bit of news and talking about our thoughts on the new series, um, I really want to quickly remind everyone, uh, ad break uh, of our Patreon. Um, Thank you, everyone. Who, who is already a Patreon and just everyone who listens to the podcast. We really appreciate you guys. If you feel like you're able or you want to give us like a tip, give us some money for coffee or beer, uh, we would love it very much. If you can't, that's great too, but the tip jar is there for you if you'd like to use it. Um, check out our, our Patreon account. And a, a very big shout out and thank you to our most recent patron, uh, Susan Kaler who pledged $5 a month and earned herself a shout out on the podcast. So thank you, Susan, for being a patron and a fan. Thank you, Susan. Yeah, thank you, Susan. So after that very shameless (laughs) self-promotion, let's uh, dive right into it. So before, again, we're going to talk a bit about our thoughts, obviously, on the new show. Um, But before that, let's talk a little bit of news, um, because there's been some news regarding Lower Decks, a.k.a. LDS, and it's um, distribution internationally. Mm. So what if uh, Matt and, and Brian, why don't you guys uh, kick us off here and tell us a bit about what's going on there? Well, there's been a question for a while now, and particularly in the past couple of weeks as we're getting near the premiere date. There has been no formal announcement whatsoever about mm-hmm. an international distributor for the show. And as, as it turns out, there's a very good reason for that. Um, Mike McMahon was on a podcast in the UK called How to Kill an Hour, (laughs) which is a great great name name for for a podcast, podcast, by the way. (laughs) And they asked him what was going on, obviously, because they want to see the show over in the UK. And the bottom line is that the show ultimately was being released two months sooner than they originally anticipated. And between that and all the other complications related to the COVID pandemic it kind of just threw everything out of whack so the international distribution is apparently coming but there's no definitive timeline for it yet apparently mm-hmm. which sucks i feel really bad for people you know yeah i mean really outside of the u.s and canada you're screwed and that's yeah that's not yeah. cool. yeah no i mean at least you know up till now with discovery and picard you know they had to wait until like the following day kind of due to time changes with you know and everything with netflix but like but they got it they got it, you know, generally within like 12 hours when we've seen it, that kind of thing, you know. So this sucks because now they're, you know, who knows how far we'll, they'll get into yeah. the show. Yeah. yeah. Who knows how far they'll get before they can, you know. So hopefully they can clear it up quickly. And, you know, we have no insight into who the distribution partner might be. We don't know if it'd be Netflix or if it's Amazon or Hulu. I mean, who knows? Do you guys have any guesses so. as to what it might be? It seems uh, like if it it's were Netflix, really pretty much when they've had yeah, it worked it's pretty out. much Amazon or Netflix because they're the ones that have a big international presence. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is a separate like project 
from either disco or Picard. So right. like, like for instance, like there's like Nef- there's language in Netflix's contract when it comes to any kind of disco related project. I think they get the writer first refusal. Oh sure. Yeah. But this isn't That's disco related. It's not a spin off. Right. Right. So, so like, in other words, Strange New Worlds will be offered to Netflix first. Okay. We expect that, yeah. Right. Yeah. Because it's related. Right. So who knows with this, yeah. I guess they're yeah, I mean, they're trying to sort out now. Right, because I mean, this is starting all over with negotiations. Like, it, like, like Brian was saying, it's it's totally a new, it's a new, fresh deal to strike with someone because mm-hmm. it's not Picard and it's not Discovery. So, yep, not tied to anything. Yeah, and uh, I guess you know this this sort of hearing that makes sense to me because you know way back before, <laughs> way back before the pandemic started, I think we all expected discovery season three to be first and then mm-hmm. lower decks um wasn't sure you know it could have gone either way but i had this you know i think we were sort of all assuming it but that was the order and mm-hmm. so it kind of sounds like maybe that was initially the order and then of course everything got crazy and right. what was ready well of course the animated stuff got, got ready faster for good reason right. so there you go you know yep so kind of sucks that our everybody outside of the u.s and canada paid the price for all of this but there you go yeah be patient you will get it yeah it seems it's still so crazy that you know in this age where undoubtedly there are people outside of the u.s and canada listening to us talk right now and you know communications aren't hampered there's no physical um, yeah. barrier to this mm-hmm. happening but mm-hmm. yeah. it's just a completely political and legal thing yep it's just a licensing mm-hmm. thing borders yeah. are yeah, just a total weird abstraction thing. these days borders are like so meaningless in some ways these days yeah that's true not when it comes to financing tv shows though <laughs> if anyone <laughs> no, has a buck to true. make on it then you know yep then it becomes a big deal <laughs> anyway so owing to what matt said a minute ago this was ready first because discovery needs more time and post the the editors have indicated that they cannot take the show any further it needs sweetening and audio and needs a, all sorts of other things that cannot be done sitting at home i i think jeff russo needs to do his work with the orchestra so there's like mm-hmm. a lot of stuff that has to happen so that's probably why like as men indicated they moved the show up and that kind of just leads us into the announcement about the third season of Discovery. Mm-hmm. Right, guys? Yeah. yeah. We, it's funny because um, on our last podcast, we were just talking about this and, and, and um, pontificating on when we thought Discovery was going to be coming out. And I think yes. all of us sort of agreed mm-hmm. it would be um, spring or, or, or very, very early spring at the earliest next year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Turns out, nope, we're getting it really soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're pushing all their chips to the table in 2020. Yeah, so like, good good for us as far as like it's fun to have lots of Trek content and watch it. But you know, what about 2021? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So this the way this is all lining up is that there will be 10 weeks of Lower Decks, mm-hmm. followed by 13 of Discovery. It will be a seamless transition from one yeah. to the other. Which is kind of exciting, you know, as yep. far as the, like, that's a lot of Trek, and we haven't had that much Trek up in the air, you know, in a long time. Right, so Disco will be coming back on October 15th. Yeah, this 23 straight weeks of new Trek thing 
is an angle I didn't even consider. I think it's pretty smart because then they can they can package the two together. They can sell Lower Decks and Discovery as sort of one package and remind everyone that both of those things exist. So if yeah. they were separated in time, mm-hmm. it would be like almost have, it would be like having two completely different premiere dates. And here it's almost like you have one premiere date. It's Lower Decks, and then you just keep on watching through and Discovery. It runs on, yeah. So it's it, it maybe maybe it'll work out really well so for them. I don't that's know. actually that's a good point, but. It just makes you wonder, though, like, okay, but what about next year? <laughs> you know, like it just kind of. Well, there's I don't the know what they're gonna do. There's the Nickelodeon show that they've right. been working on for a yep. while, right? Yep, that's supposed to premiere sometime in 2021. Maybe I'll have it mm-hmm. in spring or or late winter, even. Maybe that's too early. Yeah, maybe, maybe. And then we also know that, of course, they they ordered two seasons because of the way animation works. They ordered two seasons of lower decks. And so they went right back to work producing season two. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there should be no problem having a second season of lower decks next year, like ready for next year. Mm-hmm. So I, that's animation, but I'm not really sure what we're going to have for live action at this point. Yeah. Like when is Picard year. coming back? Yeah, that's the, I mean, that's the one that in theory would come back the soonest because they were ready to go right now if they, if they could. But they haven't know. even started filming, right? No, that's what I mean. But they were no. prepared to yeah. start doing stuff very soon. Yeah. So we might see them turn around a Picard season two for 2021, you know, like film it as soon as they can mm-hmm. and turn it around. But that's it. I don't think there's anything else that they can do, you know, that they've prepared for at this point. Yeah, the one of the CBS executives, you know, did an interview with a website called Decider, mm-hmm. and he didn't really want to commit to any real time frame for season two of Picard, other than sometime in twenty twenty one. Right, fair <laughs> enough. So, I mean, it's yep. understandable, but so basically, we have Prodigy sometime in twenty twenty one, Picard right. season two sometime in twenty twenty one, and then the assumption is that. Lower deck season two sometime in twenty twenty one because why not? They've already they're already well underway with it. But yeah. You know and Strange so, New Worlds I think is still fairly early in its development, it sounds like. So right. there's a good chance we probably won't see that at all next year. I, I, I don't see how real yeah. realistically. It's yeah. kind of a bummer, but I don't they see also how. have to build the you know, the other pieces of the enterprise that they need for the show and yep yeah and that's so. where you can't you really can't do that kind of work in a covid situation you really gotta have people yeah in not quarters. really yeah, you can't mm-hmm. have one guy with a hammer you know just trying to make a sound <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah i'll be done in 2038 yeah exactly yeah exactly yeah. yeah so um there is a bit of a quirk regarding prodigy though isn't there it's not really gonna run on yeah so this this all access this is one of those things yeah that they're not really like the sort of default answer that was given was oh well some of our networks still have you know some of our kind of classical linear cable networks that viacom you know has which includes nickelodeon Mm -hmm. there's still some kind of a window of time you know where they get their shows before it shows up on the new, you know, what will be the new Viacom CBS All Access, you know, giant combined streamer that's we've gotten a little taste of already now. Um, so their sort of boilerplate answer was, oh, it could be like a year before. And that's kind of crazy, if you ask me. I don't, I don't see why there would be an entire year before something would show up on All Access. 
I don't think anybody f- who really knows that thinks that's good business sense. And my my guess is that's not really how it's going to happen. I don't mm. know that for sure. Of course, we just have to go on what they said, but it doesn't make any sense to me. Now, I don't know if I, I could certainly see it not being, oh, 24 hours later, you get it on streaming because that's not necessarily how that works. But I mean, why not? Well, just if somebody wants to, you know, if Nick says, look, we, we want this exclusivity, we get to show the entire season before you do it. Before that, you do it. Yeah. Well, yeah. does Nick have, do they stream anywhere? Yeah, sure. If you have a cable login. Oh, no, I mean without cable. Cable like cutter. Well, no. Well, you, no, but, but no one does. But if you subscribe to YouTube TV or like any of those streaming alternatives to cable, Right. Yeah. But if you're a cable yeah, you cutter can like me, who doesn't pay fifty bucks a month for fake cable, <laughs> that... I know. But there, a lot of people end up adding something like Sling or whatever eh, because they not need me. something. Never. Yeah. Well, well then, then you may be waiting. You may be waiting. Right. That, I but... think that's. I don't know. I think that's. Uh, I well, obviously again, biased here. Honestly, I think that's no. short-sighted because I think a lot of people yeah. are like me and they don't. They cut cable because it was too darn expensive, and they're not right. They're not about after you've added Netflix and CBS All Access and Amazon Prime, on those are fine. That's fine. That's still way less than cable. But on top of that, another fifty dollars subscription for, or however much it costs for YouTube TV. Nah, no way. I, I don't disagree with you, but here's the thing: this this show is not really targeted at us, right? Well, it's targeted at people, you know, not too much it's older. It's targeted at like eight year olds. Because it's it's targeted, it's targeted at, the, at it's targeted at the parents of those children, because right. they're the ones with the money, right? So lot, people forties right. and a lot of them have that stuff still really? because they have little kids. Actually, yeah. So the, right. what happened? The Excuse tendency me? for okay. So so here's here's the thing. Let me tell you. The last time I I looked into this, which was a little while ago, the trend actually was that you cord cut in your twenties and early thirties. As soon as you end up having kids. You need the Nick. You need the Cartoon Network. You yeah, need that's this. it. Yeah. And guess what? You end up putting the cord back in some form really? or another. It, yep. It almost always happens. You end up getting it some kind of, you know, either like YouTube TV, Sling, com, you, you go all the way back into it, Comcast, yikes, you know yikes, what I mean? Whatever. Yikes. You tend to at least get some kind of cable package again. Um, yeah. And I, I totally get it. You can see why, given the sort of like the way your life shifts as when you're a parent and have kid, a little kid. Um, but so it's not actually as crazy as you think it is. Mm, right. um, but so, so moral of the story, though, I do think a year is is nuts. And I just don't see how that's real, like a good idea. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I could, I, like I say, it's quite re- like normal um, to see them hold it for the season you know like it'll last you have to wait till the season finishes on nickelodeon and then everything gets put up you know on all access that i think is far more likely but who knows they do i don't know what those executives think you know like i mean the, the, they get weird ideas the third option is like some other shows do which is they don't they have it on broadcast or on cable mm-hmm. and then they mm-hmm. don't allow it on a streaming service but they allow you to purchase it for example on itunes so mm. I do that oh, with yeah. a number that's, of shows. That's right. a terrible choice. I hate that. I, but yes. I think it's better than not having I it I could there. totally see there's that. There's a lot thing. of shows yeah, that I, I pay, that well, not a lot, but there's maybe two shows that I buy a season pass for. So I used to I used to buy a pass, season pass for Supergirl, for example, because that wasn't, I didn't have anything that could stream the CW without ads. 
And I was like, I'll, I'll pay. Well, I don't even know how much it is. 30 bucks or something. for the whole Yeah, it's season? probably 30 bucks. That's for the season, cheaper yeah. than the DVD box set. Like, heck yeah, I'll pay that. And it comes out the next day on iTunes. So that was a solution I'd be very happy with because I would pay 30 or 40 bucks for just the one show. And then you own it. Yeah. Yeah. And CBS has done that sort of thing in the past. So it's very possible that's the other way to do it, too. We'll see. They don't really want to. It's obvious that they don't really want to commit to a model. You know, they don't want to say anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, I'm sure because they yeah. don't know. So they can't commit to it. So that's all we know, really. Just a little bit of newsiness before we move on. That's really all we know. Which is to say yes, we don't. Indeed. Which is to say we kind of don't know much, but we know a little bit now. <laughs> Speaking of Romulan whiskey. Oh, yeah. Risky. Not at the risk of pissing off too many fans. Oh, it's not Romulan I guess we can talk. Romulan I guess we can it's... talk about that for a minute. Yeah, we can talk about that for a minute when we get there. Let's it's a little silly. Let's if you, if you guys are ready, let's talk about By all means. Lower Decks episode one. Yes, indeed. New indeed. Star Trek on the air. We're so excited. I'm so excited. It's very excited. I won't speak for you guys. Very I'm very exciting. excited. So, um, normally when we do reviews, we start out with the official. Um, uh, description or, or or tagline for the for the episode, but we don't have one. Not yet. No, Just, CBS is not officially released. Yeah, synopsis. we're recording this on Wednesday. It's gonna, the show's going to drop overnight, so I guess there hasn't been an official summary. That's true. So it it, it, it may have come out by the time so. this airs. So yes, but we don't have it yes. now. So but. You'll have already seen it by then, so you don't need the summary. You've seen it. You just watched it. Come on. You just watched it. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. We get introduced to our new characters aboard the USS Cerritos, and someone gets a bug bite, and things go awry. That's my... (laughs) That's that's a good good little synopsis. That's as good a summation as you need, really. (laughs) It's... um, So, let's let's do our round-robin thing, and... um, Think, see what everyone just thought. If first reactions, overall reactions to the episode. Um, why don't we start with you, Brian? I like the show. I think it's cute. It pokes fun at Trek in a loving way without being vicious about it. Most of the characters are enjoyable and they grow even... We can get into it later. We've watched a few of these episodes besides the first one. And the characters grow and they grow on you as you, you watch them. Um Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it was, you know, it's a, it's kind of an amped up, silly version of Star Trek, and that's fine with me. I don't have much more to say about it beyond that. It's just a cute little show. Sure. sure. How about you, Matt? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's like as with Brian, like it, it's hard to say on its own. It's just sort of like this first episode on its own is uh, a little, you know, is a kind of a delightful, kind of ridiculous romp. Um, it might be off-putting to some people a little bit, and I and mm-hmm. I see why we'll talk about that. I'm sure, but um, I think stand like my first impression when I just watched this and haven't seen more. I was a little like, oh no, like they went a little too hard into the like brick and Morty side of it. Right. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's that whole like who can blame them? That was sort of like how they were th- not selling it, but that's like the name attached to it right it's like oh mike mcmahon he's been producing rick and morty so they had that sort of quandary in a way right it's like well i guess we should probably maybe sell that to that audience as well um so i don't know if they straddle that line incredibly well in the the first episode uh i think some people will find it off-putting to to which i say 
yes. hang in there. Like mm-hmm. even the next episode really calms down in a sense and right. fleshes people out. And there's a lot of heart in these characters. You can start to see it even in this, but especially as you watch more, it, it comes out and it's great. So, but as the, as the standalone sort of first episode, I enjoyed it. I got a little worried about all the, you know, goo and you know <laughs> gross stuff in a way that they started with you know i was like oh this is how we're starting you know but it was yeah it was yeah. very mannequin over the top the first episode yeah and then yeah exactly and especially that intro scene which they released online i know turned a lot of people off because yeah it's very it's very you know high energy kind of crazy yeah the whole the whole episode thankfully is not quite like that which is good and stays a little more mellow like so far so that's good yeah yeah rest assured and we can go into this later but it this first episode is a bit of an outlier it is so far among the first four Um, shows i enjoyed the i enjoyed definitely enjoyed the vibe like they did a great job with the very tng era like soundtrack you know uh, score was pretty much on the nose i would say of what you would expect for something from like a TNG era show mm-hmm. and the um, visual elements. Yep. It, it visually, oh, yeah. Yeah. so much of the ship looks like, gee, that actually, you know, but it looks like a, like a right little alongside. bit more. It does. It does feel to me, not to put it in your review. It does feel to me like it's like in the future. Like it feels like it's exactly where it's supposed to be set. Yeah, it does. It does. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Like yep. there's, there's definitely enough like, Hey, this probably looks a lot like, you know, the galaxy class, like that it's sort of cousins with, but it's newer and it's you know it's nice Mm -hmm. so i enjoyed that and i especially enjoyed again this attention to detail that they have for you know mike fans a big tng fan they i i love that they basically pulled out the tng era movie sound effect library oh yeah and used that and it's and again this takes place right after nemesis so that fits like perfectly that they're pulling the sort of voyager tng movie sound effect library and using it because that's the exact right era like that it should be and i loved it i was like yes this sounds right you know Mm -hmm. like this sounds like the era it's supposed to be and anyway that just made me very happy awesome and uk about uk yeah um yeah i mean i uh i think i agree 100 percent with everything you both said um I think Matt and I had very, very similar reactions to this. Mm -hmm. I went... So I'll give you kind of two mini reviews. One is um, a description of my initial reaction, having only seen episode one. And then the second is my later reaction, having rewatched episode one after watching Mm -hmm. episodes one through four. (laughs) Because it's different. And I think it's important. Because like what you said, Matt, it's episode one is a bit of a... um, it's a bit of a misdirect in some ways. Um, mm-hmm. It was good. Don't get me wrong. The, 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 at the end of watching the episode one for the first time, I thought, because I went into it, I, I should preface this by saying, I went into it with um, trying to tamper my very high hopes because I <laughs> absolutely yeah. am in love with TNG season eight, which is the Twitter account turned book written by Mike yep. McMahon. Yeah, which it, that's that's a gem. It's, it it's, really it's like like he yeah. reached into my soul and wrote jokes about <laughs> Star Trek when no one was making jokes about Star Trek except for me and my friends. 
you know, laughing about <laughs> how all the caves look the same and everyone always ends up in a cave. And it's just, mm-hmm. it, so I had, I tried to hamper down these really high hopes, right? There's a good cave joke in this episode. <laughs> and I yeah. loved it. So I was like, okay, yeah. I don't want to get too high hopes because I don't want to be disappointed. So I watched it and I, I was weary of the, the Rick and Morty thing. It's where Mike McBain comes from. And I'm, I'm sorry, unpopular opinion, not a fan of Rick and Morty. It's just not my thing. I'm very happy if you're a fan of it. It's just not my kind of humor. It's like, I don't like watching shows about people that I hate. Yeah. Which is <laughs> understandable. There's a lot of people who don't show. like that. Yeah. Um, so, but, so, but, so when I got to the end of this first episode, I thought, okay, uh, it's got a lot of promise. That was basically my review. It was like, mm-hmm. I didn't love it, but I can see where this could go, but I'm not going to get my hopes up because I've been crushed before. Um, but after watching, because like you said, there's a lot of some sort of like gross out humor. Um, it's very fast paced and I, I would like, I, I'm like, I've been rewatching TNG lately and I'm like, slow it down. Pretend we're in Mm -hmm. 1992. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That ain't happening. It is very, very, you know, no, it's very 2010. Sorry. Fabric on the walls and a, a. Silk plant in every corner. Pretend we're there. That's where I want to be. Just calm after a hard day's work. <laughs> and this is like, oh my god, you're like you said, thing, and we're gonna do like a Klingon, and oh my god, and it's just like, oh wow, okay, take a breath. So that was a little yeah. awkwarding to me. Yeah, it's a breakneck pace. There's no question. It's a bit like ADD. I say that lovingly. I have ADD, so it's okay. We can say that about ourselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, um. After watching episodes two, three, and four, one, two, three, and four, I was in love. And I rewatched episode one again tonight and like laughed so much more than I had in the first episode. I think because my fears were alleviated. It's okay to like this thing. It's okay to be hopeful because it's going in a really good direction. And so when I was confident in that, I could really enjoy episode one and I could just laugh at all the at all the jokes they made and i i felt like i knew the characters better so mm-hmm. yeah so i really enjoyed it a lot more on the second watch yeah I, I agree i had the exact same experience because we did the exact same thing which is i rewatched one to prepare for this and it's like you said you, you were just like it's fine because i know where this is going and this is actually you know because it what it is funny you know and like it is good and so i was like yeah this is funny and and like you say you have a slightly better appreciation for the characters so it was an. It was nice to go back and rewatch it and feel a little less, I don't know, anxious. Maybe exactly. right that this is going to yeah. be good. Like everything's like, riding on this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, so I'm I'm thrilled and I'm allowing myself to be a little bit more optimistic and hopeful about the next <laughs> episodes. Um, letting myself be a little vulnerable there because um, I really do think this is a love letter from Mike McMahon. And I think he, he clearly has a great team who knows how to tell stories and build characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we should, you know, like we've sort of talked about before, a lot of this writing staff, um, they're comedy writers, not sci-fi writers necessarily. Right. And so, but they all seem to have like, you know, when we saw them in Vegas the other year and when they've talked about stuff in uh, various panels or whatever, they all seem to be really into it and want to do the right thing, right? About representing sort of the TNG era and that style that goes with it and that. And so far, like, I agree. Because we, you know, these first four episodes, which have all been written by different people, right? So we've all, we've, again, we've gotten a taste of all different writing. And they're all, 
you know they're all great and they all do a lot of uh great things with the characters and a lot of respect for the franchise overall with you know a little yep. bit of fun and a little wink and nod mm-hmm. here but it's 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 good it's not mean which yep. of course they went out of their way to tell us because people got worried which i was never worried about it because you know cbs wouldn't actually let something like that exist quite frankly but i agree <laughs> But I agree. But but they, the fact that they kept emphasizing it actually made me worry. Uh, the that fact that they was... were going to take the teeth out of what they were trying to do. Yeah, true. Because yeah. you don't want it to be so antiseptic and safe. You right. Know, where it's like, oh my god, are the fans going to freak out about this? Are the fans going to freak out about that? Right. They make fun of some of the conventions of the show. Yes. They do it in a it's very great. loving way. <laughs> yes, it's great. Like the cave moment when they when the um, cave yeah. moment when uh, I'm forgetting all the characters' names now already. Um, Mariner. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of Mariner, Mariner talks yes. about all the ships she's been on and all the experiences she's yeah. had. She's like, I was trapped yeah. in a sentient cave. Do you know what that's like? Yeah. <laughs> so oh good. It's that. so TNG. It's I, so I ridiculous. wrote down what she says. She goes, she goes, that's a dark place that knows things. And I'm like, of course, that's like awesome. Like, of course it does. It's so creepy. <laughs> and like, of course, that's uh, a thing. Yeah. Like, you know, it's the whole like, look, it's got to be somewhere in the universe, a thing that happens, right? So it's like, and sure like, why not literally like i would love to see a plot of like a pie chart of all the different environments um on planets like off of starships on planet environments that people are in and i would bet you like 90 percent is caves oh of course in because TNT. they have the standing set of like caves for the, in the, the planet hell set of, yeah, yeah so yeah mache. of course they did right <laughs> the actors the tng actors hated that set yeah whenever it was infamous whenever there's a uh, berman era star trek show um in production just go ahead and buy stock in paper mache <laughs> that's pretty common though for most shows of, the, of those eras yeah. of that yeah, era no, it's oh yeah the paper oh, mache yeah. Cake. TOS, had, tos had plenty of paper mache cakes, oh though. yes it did yeah so i've got a question for both of you guys which i think will help us like open up and talk a bit more about the show itself and the specifics what is your favorite character Ooh. oh that's tough <laughs> one or two how about that we can pick two okay hmm two i think i might go uh i think i'm gonna go mariner and then rutherford nice yeah and i think i'm gonna go Devana and rutherford I'm also Rutherford and Tendi. Nice, of course. Your 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 green twin of sorts. I know I can't not. <laughs> I like her because she looks. Just, she has my same haircut, and yeah, she does. And she's she does. Um, just like and she's very upbeat. Exactly, just like you. she's like super excited yes. about Ten- everything. I- I love this thing where she gets handed the heart. She's like, oh, sorry. Like, I bet this hurts or whatever. And she's just like pumping it. I got to hold the heart. <laughs> he pukes all over her. And she's like, I'm, I'm really happy to be working with yeah, you. I yeah, know. that's great. So good. That's oh, like, that's I can great. relate to that so hard. And also Rutherford. I, I love that we all picked Rutherford. Well, yeah, he's like great. <laughs> especially like, so it's hard to get a sense of him sometimes in this episode. But like we've talked about you you learn more about everyone and you get there's a mm-hmm. rutherford kind of centric you know one of the a b plots kind of things mm-hmm. one of the plot lines in an upcoming episode and you get to see what you know what a nice guy he actually is right like he is. How, how he tries hard and he means well and in a good way you know it's like it's great so uh, i will say also really i forgot how enjoyable his little plot line is of going on this date 
And then, of course, like the date turns into like the date's actually great, despite a shit show going on like around them. Right. It's so (laughs) funny. And they're just like, eh. Yeah, and they're just like, eh, this happens, a crisis happens all the time, so it's not going to stop <laughs> us from, like, you know, talking and, like, having a date. This is great. Like, I'm just like, okay. It was, no, it was so perfect. I loved it. Seamless. Yeah. yeah. And I also, of course, love the fact that, you know, he's like, no, nah, I don't think we'll be dating again because she was really, she didn't really care about the fact that, like, the, like, emergency relay or whatever didn't trigger right away. Yeah. And Tendi's like, so, I'm sorry. Yeah, she she's like, it? how could exactly like <laughs> how could you not be concerned about that it was great love it love it because of course that's what that's what an engineering nerdy is right like it's great he's yep. just like nope if you don't understand why that's a problem we can't be friends you know it's like it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like she was perfect in every way i won't be seeing her again i won't be seeing her again yeah that's great um yeah so that was great uh I mean, as goofy as it was, I love the fact that Boimler just ends up like naked being gummed by like a spider beast and like don't yeah. worry, she's a she's an herbivore. They just want his moisture or whatever. And it's like And that gets into the gross out stuff, but I still you know, like I don't mind it, but I know a lot of people don't I like don't it. mind it. I either. didn't love it. I know a lot the first of people time I saw it I was like Ugh. and then the second time yeah. I saw it I could laugh more because I felt like I knew the character better. Right. The For constant sure. zombie puking was a bit. That's much. I, I think that's that where it gets funny. over the top. I was a hundred percent into the zombie puke. <laughs> yeah, but I think it goes back to that whole perspective, like first watching it versus like watching it again. The first time through, yeah, I was like, maybe. "Oh no, yeah. this is going to put a lot of people off. Yeah. Like it's going to be really, it's going to put you know everyone's worst fears that it's like gross stuff from the Rick and Morty guys, because Rick and Morty has a lot of gross stuff, of course. Yeah. You know, bodily functions and blood burping. And, Whatever. Alien guts and burping, yeah, of course, because Rick's like a functional alcoholic who's always drooling a little. Um, so <laughs> it kind of leans into that for a minute, and I, you know, and I had that like, oh no, like I hope people doesn't turn doesn't turn people off, you know, and I hope this doesn't continue, and it doesn't, so it's okay. Well, and Matt, but. Matt, this is something that you and I have talked about at length. I think we both um, agree mm-hmm. that this suffers from what I'll call the Orville problem. Oh yes, uh-huh. yep. which is that the 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 Orville was um, the show by Seth MacFarlane, which is known who is known for Family Guy, mm-hmm. and so Fox right. was like, "Hey, it's and the so... Family Guy guy. Everyone's gonna want to <laughs> yeah. see Family Guy in space." And they made these promos. Let's like, yeah, oh, let's advertise yeah. it like Family Guy in space, and only show the poop and fart jokes, and yeah. and that's how it was advertised. And a lot of people were like, "WTF." And Seth came out and said, you know, I don't like the way that it was advertised. That's not what the show is about. And it's not. Right. And of course, yeah, it turned out to be nothing really like that. And even here, the way that they've been advertising, even though we're saying the first episode does lean more into the Rick and Morty style thing, I think the advertising leans even more than episode one. Oh, it's even, yeah, it leans even harder into it. The very um, opening scene that they shared at Comic-Con and some of the, like, the, the, like, blast shield thing, which... Well, that's yep. that's fun. I, I guess I didn't find it funny in the context of the advertisements. Yeah, I, I just it just seemed it seemed kind of annoying. annoying exactly inane. Oh, okay. Well, I, I should say in the episode, it actually is very funny. Like I enjoyed it. In context, I just like have but... this taste in my mouth from the ads watching it. When I was just like, <laughs> is that what the show is? Yeah. Just being like flash shields, woo! Right. See, again, it goes back to that. Like people will think you're being all over the place, and you know, just too and, like spazzy and ADD yeah. and whatever. Yeah. Exactly. But it's not like that. And it's a shame that they no, advertised it that way. I think that's done it a real yeah. disservice. A lot of my friends have texted me 
in fact, a couple of my friends were texting me during Comic-Con being like, eh, I don't know if I want to watch this thing. And I was like, no, please give it a chance. Yep, that's the problem. It, see, it's what I'm saying. For every person that's like, cool, it's like Rick and Morty, there are a bunch of people who are like, no, I don't particularly care for that. I want yep. sort of good Star Trek. This doesn't look like that to me. You know, and, okay. and I'll point out that that one of the main my one of my the main people that was texting me, my, my good friend Rick, um Oh yeah. He's a big Rick and Morty fan. And he was saying, eh, I don't know if I want to watch this. Because he doesn't think that Star Trek should be like that. Should be like that, yeah. Right. Which is understandable. Yeah. You know? So yeah, they leaned into a little bit, but it doesn't stay that way. Yeah. Across the yeah. episodes, so yeah, I, I would give it a chance. If the first episode puts you off a little bit, come back for at least another one and see what And you if think. you love the first episode, come back for another one. Well, <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Because there's still lots of great humor and stuff. It's just not quite so yeah. zany. It just took, yeah, it yeah. took me just, to, I just needed to warm up to it, I guess. But I, I, I'm really liking it so far. Yeah. And I will say that uh, another character that, is from the upper deck so we're not supposed to know tons about her but i liked in the crisis was you know tiana like the doctor the cation doctor who's of course Cation doctor crusty as all heck you know (laughs) and she's like no one has permission to pass out in my sick bay (laughs) just telling her like strap everyone down you know and it's like they can share beds not gonna affect each other again you know (laughs) yeah she has that woman has no fucks to give no it's great (laughs) She's like Pulaski on steroids. She, much, yeah. yeah, on steroids, definitely, yes, definitely cut from the. She kind of looks like a cat version of Kate Pulaski. She does, yeah, yeah, she does. She does. I, I'm, I have a feeling that was not a mistake. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we, yeah. Uh, we need to ask Mike McMahon at some point: Pulaski or Crusher? We <laughs> should definitely ask. Yeah, him. we should. Know which team he's on. I need that to know. That would be a great question. <laughs> so yeah, they do the the you know we're sort of introduced to them of course as their second contact and i kind of like this whole that they all justify themselves uh being more important maybe than first contact you know Uh it's kind of it's kind of fun where they're like actually you know now we have to do the really important stuff and then uh and it actually you know the way it's posed you know the way it's sort of shown it actually is kind of important and it is again very star trekky like it's them talking to a del- you know a delegation of people on that planet about like how you give them what they need now that they're being introduced to the federation right mm-hmm. it was like mm-hmm. here's how we actually disseminate some of our resources like we're going to set you up with subspace transmitters and you know replicators it's all going to be over going. subspace you're going to love it i know whatever that is it's going to be over subspace and you're going to love it yeah and so that's actually like one of those things that you know that's a question right like what do you do once you what what happens once someone's agreed to like share technology or whatever well now we know you know now these guys are going to be a protectorate in the federation or whatever so like they get to have these things but it doesn't always happen right away and i think that's also a cool plot point with mariner and boimler right that boimler is just sure mariner's like running off to cause trouble mm-hmm. and sure technically she's not following regulations but she's also not doing anything shady or like you know bad in the way that he expects no in fact she's just trying to hook some people up with some farm gear because as she points out the federation is huge there's a bureaucracy to it people aren't going to get help you know immediately right it's it's a process to be indoctrinated into the federation and 
it's kind of interesting because these are those things that you know our hero ships that's not what they worry about right that that this is their job to worry about not the enterprise you know not whoever so it's kind of cool it's cool that between the zaniness is this really great stuff that Mm -hmm. lets you know yeah this is star trek like yes this is still like there's still important things they sort of pose they're not going to solve these questions because it's an animated comedy but they pose these like interesting kind of bits of how life really works right so Mm -hmm. well i think that's i thought that was cool part of the cool thing about the show is that the first time someone mentions to you the show is going to be about second contact you laugh because that's goofy it's silly but then you stop and think about it and you're like well okay actually that's interesting tell me more Mm -hmm. yeah it could be very interesting what actually needs to happen okay picard shows up at a planet they make good yada yada they leave then what yep right somebody's got to follow up yeah yeah so, I think yeah, it's just interesting. It really embodies the idea of the show, which is like it's got heart underneath it, but it's also the, got this super goofy veneer. Mm-hmm. And I think um, I really love the title sequence, the uh, the opening credits sequence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it too. Yeah, like my it too. favorite. It's just like everything about it is like telling you what the show is about. Just goofy right. shit yep. happening. It's got a very like it's got a very like you know normal Star Trekky like theme, and it starts out. Very normal, very TNG era stuff. Almost overly for, heroic sounding. Right. And then except for then they like biff it and clip an asteroid, you know, whatever. Exactly. Like, oh, okay. They show up yeah, to this like, like oh. epic battle between the Borg and the Romulans. And then they just turn around and leave. And they're like, nah. <laughs> like, peace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And in the meanwhile, it's like, bah, 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 bah. and it's like super heroic sounding music and they're just like piecing out from this battle and running in asteroids and mm-hmm. stuff it's perfect it's exactly what the show is supposed to be about yeah yep yeah. and although the zombie thing you know maybe is not to everyone's taste i do have to say the it's a very like classic like genre you know trope that somebody gets infected from like an insect bite mm-hmm. and then it goes horribly wrong mm-hmm. right and it just made me think of uh a number of different productions beyond star trek but also like it made me think of this is this is this will make you laugh it made me think of shades of gray because Riker beams down oh yeah and gets yep. like spiked by a crazy plant thing That's right that infects him and of course like here they're Riker stand-in essentially like the second officer who's very Riker kirkian mm. gets bitten by <laughs> you know and brings it back to the ship and it just made me think, like, yeah, I think somebody kind of knew what they were doing when they wrote that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like that's that's Dude, that's good. That's purposeful. Good call. And it it's mm-hmm. very on brand for this show and this group of writers to make the first <laughs> they would do for that. The, to make the first episode of the show an homage to the worst episode of <laughs> right. Of like, show. yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was like that amused me right off the bat. I was just like, I have no idea if they made that connection, but I kind of made that connection. And I was like, that's pretty great. So, well, speaking of connections and Easter eggs and stuff, I don't, we don't mm-hmm. have to exhaustively go into this. And by the way, if you want to read about all of the Easter eggs in episode one, check out trackmovie.com. Uh, yeah, we'll have an Easter egg article up soon. Yep. So, we'll have an article that's Very a review soon. and then a separate article that's all of the Easter eggs that you maybe missed or didn't. Um, mm hmm. But maybe there are a couple that we want to mention. Yeah. 
I think first off the bat, what I loved is when Tenny's getting off the uh, shuttle or whatever, and and she's reporting in. Who's right behind her? We were just talking about this race, and we liked them from our teen G- season one uh, show. There's a Benzite right <laughs> behind her, which is cool because we don't really see them that often. Yeah, so I liked that, and they're very TNG. Um, they're very TNG. I also liked that Cetacean Ops was mentioned. Oh, me too. That was probably yep. my favorite. Do you guys remember when I learned about Cetacean Ops? Yes, and I you were do. Super you did on this, on this very podcast. podcast. That's right. Yeah. For anyone who doesn't know, can I tell them? Go for it. Of for course. anyone who doesn't know, these two, Brian and Matt, taught me about the coolest thing that would have been part of the Enterprise D, which is a uh, a region of the ship called the Cetacean Ops, which is taken Cetacean is like uh, dolphins and whales and stuff. Or cetaceans. Yep. And so that's taken from Star Trek Four, leading off of Star Trek Four, the one with the whales, aka the Voyage Home, where you know they have they have whales in the in, in the um in the movie and the idea was that like whales are the ultimate navigators and so in the future we have starships with like i guess like uh aquarium dolphin whales and dolphin it's like Mm. navigating yeah and they're like and there's a there are (laughs) schematics you can find go google cetacean ops right now and there's there's schematics you can find they're like a blueprint of the enterprise and there's little dolphins and whales drawn in there Oh, and it's so that cool. giant schematic in engineering. There yeah, yeah, it's in the it's it's in there. They're help, yeah. supposed to help navigate the Enterprise. How freaking cool is that? So apparently, I so, wonder if we're ever going to see any of the dolphins or the whales in on the Cerritos. Well, unlike TNG, <laughs> they could. The show does not have budget limitations. Exactly. Right. They could. <laughs> and could totally do it if they want, and they probably will. If they mentioned it, they'll probably go I hope with so. it. Or at the very least, it would be hilarious to have like a com channel open to them, you know, and like. <laughs> They're like exactly. They're like <laughs> translating it or whatever. Like, hey, uh, go talk to Lieutenant yeah, So Universal Translator. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, damn, the Universal Translator's offline. Do you anyone speak Dolphin? You know, it's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they should do that. Or meanwhile, you have this cute little dolphin. It might turn out that these dolphins that are navigating are a bunch of assholes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Totally. Exactly. Stupid humans don't know how to navigate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love it. Uh. So yeah, that was a great little drop. Um, what else? What else did you guys like? There was a little um, blink and you miss it in um, the captain's ready room. There is a battered mm. um, California state flag in the background. Yes, nice. And the, nice. Because of course, course the, the California is, class. Course, a very like all the stuff is sort of California. Themed. Yes, it is. Boimler was born in uh, Modesto, apparently. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, another one that I kind of liked. This is a this is a pretty good kind of a almost a funny little burn on how uh, on how Klingons, especially in some of the kind of '90s productions, got very uh, I don't know what's the word uh, hair metal. You know, yeah. mm. uh, Mariner mentions having crimped hair when she talks about Klingons, which is really <laughs> funny because that's. <laughs> Because that's like Worf's hair from like kind of late TNG. Yes. Really is like crimped. You know what I mean? Like somebody's yep. crimping iron to it. And so she just kind of, you know, in her little crazy, you know, outburst about hanging out with Klingons before she slices Boimler's leg open. One of the things she says is having crimped hair. And I just, I, that made me chuckle too. Like I was just like, hmm. Yep. So there's one other oh, Easter egg I want to throw out there, but not reveal what it is. And see oh, if yeah. our listeners can find it. 
um, which we just discovered today, there is a very, very, very deep cut, very, definitely very. blink and you miss it, um, moment. You probably want to take a screenshot and lighten it kind of thing, Yeah, actually. pause it and look around. <laughs> yeah. In the scene that was actually already released during Comic-Con, it's that, that um, opening scene with Boimler um, making his little personal captain's log thing in the closet. There's something yep. in the closet that almost no one, I think, has seen yet. Yes. So tell us if you can find what it is. And we'll uh, tell us in the comments, you know, on trackmovie.com on this article, and we'll let you know if you got it right. Don't go yep. look at our article about Easter eggs, though. <laughs> yeah. That, oh, for, that's true. It's, it's going to be in there, but it's uh, probably going to be in there. This will probably drop before that. So. Yeah, I think so. You guys so, have got yes. like a 24 hour head start, probably. <laughs> it's impressive, though, how deep a cut this is. Yeah. It, yeah. It, yeah. The, the fact that anyone noticed it at all was like, wow. Well, apparently only Truck one person don't noticed miss much. It. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, let's see. Uh, not necessarily a reference per se, but we we talked about this a little bit before. The fact that Mariner comes out with Romulan whiskey mm-hmm. is uh is kind of interesting and fun. And of course, like uh, I think it was hilarious to see some people freak out online I about know. this. I'm like, what? I feel like they're LBS like, uh, did this on purpose you- almost. Yeah, you're like, oh, you got it wrong. You guys don't know shit it's about Star Trek. How dare you? It's like, no, I think I think they know. And I think they decided to expand the culture, you know? I mean, that would be like us having, like, you know, we all just drink vodka. Period. Right. Period. Period. End of story. Like, that's so yeah. stupid. Yeah. It's fine that there's Romulan whiskey. There's whatever. Like, that. that is like, yeah. that is like, that is something that, that's complaining just to complain. It is. I'm sorry. It's complaining to show because the, the people want to say, "Oh, actually, I know yeah. the answer, and oh, you're wrong, and I want to show you how much I know." Yeah, these new people are terrible. Look, here's why. Yeah, it's like no, and I know more than them, and by putting them down, it shows how much I know. I will venture to say that this show has a better grasp of what Star Trek is than anything we've seen so far from this. I, I kind of think I'm so. Right there yeah. With you. From this new era. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. They, they kind of, they, they get it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, it's done in a funhouse mirror sort of way, but it, they get it. They definitely totally. get it. It works for me. I, I, yeah, I'm really happy with it so far. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Like I said, it's a fun, sweet, cute little show. Very breezy fun. Doesn't, you know, it makes its points, but it's not going to get too heavy on mm-hmm. you, you know? Is it joy to uh, watch? It, yeah, I it think is, so. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. I have this, uh, another random moment that I uh, really liked was where Mariner's basically talking about how, you know, she's been on all these different starships and she's experienced all this stuff. And so, you, you know, the giant sort of spider beast, you know, comes out and. When was like, oh my god, we should stun it. And she's like, no, I don't stun it. I think it might spoil the milk, you know? And he's like, how do you know that? You don't know that. And then, like, the farmer comes out and is like, please don't stun her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You'll yeah. spoil her milk. I love those farmers, by the way. <laughs> that, was, that was great. I'm like, see, don't stun it. It's going to spoil the milk. Which just kind of makes you wonder, like, yeah, what happened? You know, stunning people is not good. It probably would not be good for animals like farm animals that you attempt yeah. that you want to eat right it's probably not good so anyway 
I just like that. And of course she was right. You know, she's like, yeah, but it's boil the milk. And like, she was right. You might want to listen to her, even if you don't think she's like the best officer. She's not she always stuff. right, but she's sometimes no. often right. She's sometimes often right. Yeah. So. And uh, speaking of that sort of mentoring role, I thought it was kind of amusing. She declared herself his mentor at the end. And, and declared him like her chadich. Her chadich, which I like. Right. Another very deep and cut TNG. That's great. Yes. 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 So. And then I think I'm curious what you guys think about the sort of the very end when she basically fangirls out about other famous Starfleet officers. Eh. I kind of like that. But I also thought, hey, this is the premiere episode. We did. Did you know that we're fans, too? Did you get it that like we, you know, it remember seemed Kirk, almost remember Spock. Yeah, it did seem a bit pandery. Yeah, it seemed almost like it was like everyone just making sure that. It's it's like it's almost like the writer's room speaking through them being like, no, really we get it. We promise we get it. We get fan we service. We Sulu think it's is. neat. Yeah, we know okay. Sulu had a sword. We get it. Okay. You know, he had a. So I was of two minds about it because it's kind of amusing in universe. It's kind of amusing because like, yeah, she's a fan girl of them all of these famous Starfleet officers. But at the same time, like, eh, trying a little hard, maybe. Yeah, you know? I thought yeah. it was a little yeah. much. They don't they don't they don't try that hard again, though. Thankfully, they do and, not. And, right. And the four shows we've seen, they don't go they don't go anywhere like that again. But again, if you just only see this, it would be a little off putting. Right. So yeah. it's like, yeah. so we're here to tell you, don't worry, that doesn't happen again like that. <laughs> Thank goodness. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I we've discussed this among ourselves, but like, I think one of the reasons why they released four episodes for certain outlets to screen ahead of time is I think they realized that that first episode is tonally different from yeah. the rest of them and they want people to get a better sense giving you four episodes to watch definitely gives you a better sense of what the show mm-hmm. is. It's, it definitely did yeah I think they had they just put out one the reaction might be a bit this different. review this podcast would be quite a bit different there would yeah, be we'd yeah, be a lot so. more like you know wary of it i think like i mean we couldn't even talk we none of us wanted to talk about episode one without putting it in context of the other four so that says a lot and i think they even um in the quote-unquote virtual uh premiere that they did they showed two episodes they gave they did yeah they they did yesterday yeah yeah two yeah yeah how do we think the fans are going to react to this guys Overall, I think a lot like we are, which is that it's fairly positive. And it's either, I think people are either going to find it kind of harmless because they don't really care about animation, you know, or mm-hmm. people are going to like it. Some people are going to hate it because and then there's, well, they're oh, yeah, the the going to hate anything. There are going to be people who just don't like it. And you know what? Yeah. That's okay. But I don't and think there, that's and there the are majority. some people that don't like cartoons. And, and that's, it's not your cup of tea. It's whole, not your yeah. cup of tea. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. And that's absolutely. what I'm saying. There's those people. And that, but I think if you're into the animation... And you're in track, you will enjoy it. I think that's you know yeah. most of the bell curve, right? Will be people who you know enjoy it in some way or right. other. Yeah, this is not meant to be a serious take on Star Trek. Right. So if you go into it with that mindset, you'll be fine. It's not supposed to be an updating version of TAS. That's not what this is. Right. No. If you're nor is it TNG with this. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just having fun. That's all it is. It's a nice little love letter to the show. Precisely. Yeah. The other question I had, and I've seen this bit bandied about a bit on the Mm -hmm. web, and I don't know how germane this really is, but I wanted to ask, do we feel that this is a canon show or is it not a canon show? Oh, yeah. It's 100% canon. Personally, 
personally, I don't care. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> actually answer. that's basically that's basically how I feel. I don't really care either. I care. Frankly. I'm gonna admit it. Okay. In this instance, some instances, I, I feel the canon stuff is important to me. This doesn't matter. Oh, I care because I mm-hmm. like things to be black and white when they can be. <laughs> and so, so, well, I, so like it, I like so, it to be cohesive too when, sure. when it can be. But you know. and, and actually, like, honestly, it's pretty cohesive. Like, to like we were just talking about this sort of at the beginning of the show, it fits quite well for being something post nemesis. Yeah, I think. and I don't think like. The setting is the yes, setting, yeah. Like, thank yeah. you to this show for showing everyone that it's not a big deal to adhere to canon. That if you go off and do your own thing, like you don't have to like work your butt off to fit into the timeline. Just right. Ignore the rest of the timeline. Throw in a Klingon. Go off and do your own thing. And that's what yeah. they're doing. They're not like so. In a sense, Excellent in a sense, point. it doesn't matter whether it's canon, like you said, Brian, because it doesn't interfere with canon. There's nothing so far that we've seen that that even comes close to having any kind of interference with canon. I would say it is canon because, and this is, here we go, opening a big can of worms. Feel free to tell me how much you disagree <laughs> with me in the comments. Um, like TAS, I hold as not canon because it's a licensed work. I'm, this is, I'm, shout out to James Kerwin, who's a, a big, big star trek fan a big guy in the in the um star trek sort of fan fandom um he um his thing is tas is not canon because it's a licensed work rather than like put out directly by someone like cbs which is ever holding hmm. the reins at the time um uh, and i like that, that that's a yes i like split. that argument i like it a lot because there's plenty like the books are licensed works the books are not canon yeah but I mean, yeah, it's televised Star Trek. It's televised Star Trek. Hell, it was even on NBC again. Well, if you're dry, you if know. you're if you're drawing Gene that Roddenberry line, is the, Gene Roddenberry was the executive producer. Dorothy Fontana show. If you're drawing it. that line, then this is definitely canon. LDS. Yeah, yeah, no, I fine. would agree. Yeah, if we're gonna draw that line, but then, yeah. either line there you draw, go. it's canon. Yeah. Sure. So sorry, everyone. It's canon. Fight me. <laughs> <laughs> Fight me in the comments. Oh boy! <laughs> lovingly, <laughs> let's have a lo- lovingly, loving, lively debate. Civil. That's right. Spirited. There you debate. go. So, um, one thing we should definitely talk about is that um, actually we are sort of part of a whole new podcast network. So um, you may have realized that um, new. Mm-hmm. If you're a subscriber to the Shuttle Pod. Um, on any format, you may have realized episodes of a new podcast appearing in your feed. Um, that podcast is called All Access Star Trek, and it's run by um, two other Trek movie editors, Lori Ulster, who's been on the Shuttlebot before, and and Anthony Pascal, who's the founder um, and editor-in-chief at TrekMovie.com, who's also been on the podcast before. Yes, indeed. Um, and so the, the, the two of them have started the second show. The Shuttlepod is still here. And if you want to only subscribe to the ShuttlePod, you can do that. You can go and find our ShuttlePod-only feed. If you want to only subscribe to All Access Star Trek, you can do that. Or you can subscribe to both. Um, And if you want to do that, just don't change your subscription. and You'll get all um, of the episodes that we put out from both podcasts of the TrekMovie.com podcast network. Um, (laughs) And this new show really is is to just look at um, uh, a very inclusive view uh of the 
uh, Kurtzman era, I will call it, the Kurtzman era Star Trek universe. So everything from um, Discovery, Picard, Lower Decks, all of those things, a completely comprehensive uh, view of, of those works. So here in the shuttle pod, we're still obviously, as we did today, reviewing the new stuff here and there. Um, for the last two seasons of Star Trek Discovery, we've brought you a review every week right after the episodes come out. We've done a review on that and re release episodes weekly. Um, we're going to step back from that a bit, partly because there's so much new Trek coming out. We would be just recording a review episode every single week and you'd never hear from us on any other topic. And frankly... It's also exhausting. It's, a, yeah, it's, it's, it's exhausting. hard to do. We are usually a bi-weekly podcast, meaning every other week. Um, and we want to get back to that. We want to have more freedom to do more things like um, talk about TNG Season 1, which we did recently, or review a movie, or chat about, you know, Cisco's best moments, or whatever we want to chat about. Yeah. And yeah. with, you know, 23 straight weeks of Trek coming up and more in the future... Um, we didn't want the shuttle pod to be sort of bogged down by that. Um, so that's where the All Access Star Trek podcast comes in. They are going to be reviewing every single episode. So you just can't get enough of that new Trek and you want to hear someone's thoughts on it immediately after. That's there for you. It's on the All Access Star Trek pod. Um, they'll be releasing an episode just like this one. Um, probably, but only focused on the, the episode probably. Um and like I said, we'll continue to do these reviews here and there. We'll probably do another Lower Decks review, maybe mid-season and, and probably a finale. Um, and we'll talk about the other shows. But um, that way we're sort of not... Uh, all of our attention doesn't have to be focused only on that. And we can bring you other cool content that, frankly, we have more fun talking about. <laughs> and on that note, that concludes our review of the first Lower Decks episode, the first animated Star Trek since 1975. Wow. Yeah. And that's yeah. crazy, huh? Here's to a great season for Lower Decks, and we will see you guys in a couple of weeks. Thanks for listening, guys. Yep. See you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody.